Hi, Phil Gunman here. Uh, I was pro cyclist for 10 years. Now I'm the host of Worst Retirement Ever on YouTube. Um, I've never done race commentary. I think that, well, GCN is kind of the big dog in YouTube cycling. They, they couldn't pay me enough to watch uh, five hours of cycling and fly around and do commentary on it. And then like your Eurosports, your NBCs, a lot of folks have asked for me to do commentary. Uh, they, they don't want me. I think I'm a little bit too controversial for those folks. Um, but I've kind of always wanted to do a version of this kind of between you and me. And I thought that, that the Netflix series would be a good opportunity to do that. So the new Netflix Unchained series, uh, every week I'm going to release kind of a commentary episode. Um, did they miss something? What did they say? Are they doing a good job? Is it accurate? Does it feel right? I know these guys. Uh, I know a lot of these teams. Um, you know, are they going to show doping? <laughs> you see why NBC wouldn't hire me. Um, obviously, I will not have footage from Netflix because I don't have the rights to that. I don't want to get sued. There will be spoilers. Uh, spoiler alert number one, Jonas Vingago wins. If that qualifies as a spoiler, if they don't do a better storytelling job than that, uh, this show is in big trouble. Uh, also, I was just playing the mustache for folks who, who follow me already. Uh, the mustache is also the fault of my lovely wife, Emily, who thought it was funny and said I should keep it. Um, Emily, this was, we just finished the first episode. Emily, this was the most bike racing you ever watched, correct? That's correct, yeah. I think because I've been riding my bike a lot for so long, people just assume that I understand bike racing and I watch and I follow it and uh <laughs> <laughs> And you did marry a bike racer. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe they think the now same. You married that. me for my personality. <laughs> Nothing I to married do with you my, for the mustache. Not for my athletic prowess. <laughs> um, but I thought Emily would be a good like I'll be the seasoned eye rolling, I know too much, and Emily would be the kind of alien who's just been dropped on this new planet to kind of ask the questions and give the reactions from, from the new folks. So I have a full spectrum uh, this week. The show, the series is made by the same folks who did the, the F1 documentary. So it's interesting to see, like, I know with that doc, you didn't watch that either, did you? No. It's, it's good, they did a really good job, and it kind of made F1 super popular in the US. So I think that Netflix kind of targeted this for an American audience. Uh, and, and the hope for a lot of the teams was that they would bring Americans into this sport that's super Eurocentric. Uh, so it's interesting to see one uh, Christian Prudhomme, the kind of the, the head of the whole event. Uh, he's he's French, of course, but he speaks he speaks fluent English. But he only in the thing he he spoke French, which I I was trying to figure out is that him being kind of a snobby French person as they do, or is this or is this him being like, you know, this is this going to be dissected? I want to make sure I. I use my words correctly. Yeah, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. You always speak better in your native tongue. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah, this she's is a big deal. She's Cuban. So, You're right. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. deal. Okay. All right. Give All right. Him some, let, let, let that one go. Okay, we'll let it go. But it's it's interesting. In the F1 thing, the the first series of the F1 doc, that like some of the teams cooperated and some didn't, and then it blew up. And so like Lewis Hamilton didn't wasn't interviewed the first season. He's like, no, I'm busy. I'm racing cars. I'm not messing with this. And then after that, he was like, oh, I need to be a main character. This is going to be a big deal and make me and my team a bunch of money. Uh, so you see, like, they got, they got EF, they got Quick Step. Um, I'm sure there'll be more, but it'll be fun to see the teams who just are completely absent from this because uh, they're like, now we have better things to do than be exposed to the biggest, most lucrative audience. Uh, I'm being probably a little bit American-centric, but uh, it, it's, it's an untapped audience potentially here that they could all kind of take advantage of. Uh, P Patrick Lefebvre, he's the director for, for Quick Step. He's on there. Um, he's... He's kind of a dinosaur. I don't know if you noticed that yet. Um, I mean, he looked like an older gentleman compared to everybody else that's right. been brought on camera so far. Right. But. And every, everyone who's been around the sport for long enough, uh, those folks, you know, if you if you follow sexism, his tweet, you'll see some sexism. You'll I, you Google it. You can get into it. It's it's 
it's funny that he's in here because he's canceled himself a hundred times, but it's also, he is kind of a legend. He's kept that team going for a long time. His, his practice, so like Quick Step, um, is the title sponsor for that season. Um, and then it was Quick Step Alpha Vinyl, and then he got a different Quick Step. Before that, it was something dash Quick Step. So his move would be like you have your title sponsor, and then there's a dash and your co-title sponsor, and the contracts go that eventually the co-sponsor, the title sponsor bumps out, right? Because every deal is finite. And then they move up to title, and then he kind of cycles. So he's kind of had a good pattern with that. Um, as opposed to the contrast would be Jonathan Vodders and the EF team, which kind of has a new title sponsor every five minutes. It seems to be like grasping at straws and, and hanging on for dear life, um, which might just be the nature of being an American team, or they just don't have it as dialed um, as, as old dinosaur there. Uh, did you notice where the, the event started? Copenhagen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Copenhagen. That's where it started? Cop yeah, so the Tour de France, is that weird to you that it starts in Copenhagen, which is not in France? I believe it's in Denmark. Yeah. Maybe there's a Copenhagen, France, because there is like a Paris, Arkansas. That'd be a sweet gag if one year they finished on the Champs Elysees of Paris, Arkansas. No, it's it's Copenhagen. I don't know that the you know they're they're all neighbors, but like you know there was talk of like starting the Giro in D.C. one year, and it's just who can drop a bunch of money as a city to host something famous, and then the poor riders have to jump on a plane, fly somewhere, and do another thing. Yeah, uh, the whole thing. yeah Copenhagen, not that bad, but there will be a point where the entire Tour de France takes place. In, uh, in Abu Dhabi because some oil person wrote a bazillion dollar check. They, they get into uh, Alaphilippe being bumped. So it's funny they kind of introduce him and he's sort of their yeah. team's... Can you tell me more about that? I feel kind of bummed for him but I don't really have a lot of background. Yeah. So. I think they couldn't, they couldn't ignore him because he was like the guy on that team. He was a world champion. Um, and it was definitely like a controversial situation. Uh, which didn't get into so much of that. But... Uh, yeah, he's your best guy, you know, but it's one of those, the, the Tour de France selection process is insane. That could be a whole other doc series. But you're, you're put on a list, like, November the year before. That's the Tour de France long list. And then, uh, and then one by one, like, you can kind of push your way on, but that's very rare. Most of the time, you know, like, half the team will be on the long list. And, that, and you're told that's all you're training for, that's all you're doing. Um, and then one by one, you're pulled off. You twist an ankle. Uh, in, in January, you're out. You, you break a collarbone in, in February, you're out. Like just as it gets closer, they're like, okay, these, these guys are going to be on their top form. And everyone, you're, you're trained to peak for this thing. And there's 15 guys peaking for it, knowing that, that a bunch of them are not going to go. Um, and that was the case for, for all of Leap. He had a couple crashes. Um, he had a tough spring. But, uh, you know, it was one of those, like the night before you break a nail, you're out. They're, they're pulling somebody else in there. Uh, you notice they had, they had kind of two people that they would cut to so like when they'll they'll talk about the footage and how the race directors and then they kind of have like two at least so far it was two hosts who would get in and and have their own kind of fill in the gaps or whatever yeah um so it was one guy forgive me i never heard of him it was an odd choice uh sylvain chanel i'm sure he's won a million races i i, I don't i don't know that guy he's different generation or, or i think he was in cyclocross a little bit familiar but a weird choice i wonder how how he got that gig um, and then Orla, I'm not going to try and pronounce her last name. It starts with C-H. She's good. She's a kind of a normal face that we see in, so they, at least there's going to be one female in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why I asked, I literally asked you while we were watching right. it, was, who's that? Yeah. You think they're going to do the, for the Tour de France, the Women's Tour de France stage one they'll do after? No, I'm just kidding. There's no Women's Tour. <laughs> one day. One day. They have, they have a little one that happens a little bit, and then it... They also showed uh, Fabio Jacobson early. They, they talked to him, which I thought he, he was an interesting choice. He was a good choice. Uh, he, but they, they had footage of him 
cleaning his bike, which my first thought was, has he ever cleaned his own bicycle? For sure, every training camp he does, there's like a follow car to mechanic. Um, cleaning bikes is for... Listen, if I yeah. had somebody to do my... Well, now yeah, you I do. do. It's me. <laughs> you know, this last time you cleaned your bike, your bike is well. Spick I know and that's why we made that. Yeah. You know, with guys the like me would have to clean my but tires. This is why I have long nails now because I can. She's still safe. Change my tires. She's safe. I can handle it. <laughs> part of it, part of the reason I change your flats is because I know I'll be faster at it. There's a yeah, no, there's I, a selfishness to it. Anyway, I know I'm not good at it. So. Um, but but I will say once he once they showed him with the brushes and stuff, I was like, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. So that wasn't that was not staged. My first thought was it was staged. Um, I, I think that was legit. Um, they showed some of the funny sponsor stuff, and I wonder if they'll get into any of that in the in the background. But like the this was the EF Palace skateboards collab. So and they had like a crazy kit with a duck on it for some reason. I guess I don't know the skateboard world. You familiar with skateboarding? No, I no. knew all that branding when it was going on. Yeah, remember that was. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So the part of the thing was they're like, okay, we have a new collab. We're selling jerseys, and it's just so they'll sell like here's our sponsorships for the year but if you want to be our tour de france co-title or whatever you want to be on this that, that they'll sell separate sponsorships for that um but i think honestly i think you'd be shocked at how cheap that would be because it's not like there's a bidding line for like a three-week sponsorship um i i i heard the number for for palace i i don't i don't i remember it being shockingly cheap i'm not even going to say what i heard because I, I don't my memory is not good enough but uh but you know a mid-sized luxury car <laughs> is this but I could so wait, I could be off by a zero because I I noticed also I mean are all these kind of advertisements in this sport relatively cheap because I noticed a whole freaking team bus or whatever wrapped in what caught my attention was the Miami Beach right Satai she's because she's from Miami I am a Miamian are you do you know that hotel yeah 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 that, I so that was it. it's not like hung out there that was someone that was someone <laughs> I don't remember where I hung out okay she was hammered <laughs> there it's fine. <laughs> Um, th there was someone who, you know, someone drops a dollar and says, yeah, we want to be the bus sponsor for this thing. So they, you know, what is it? Probably cost $12,000 to wrap the whole bus. What? But they'll be the, think about how much vinyl. Well, no, I'm thinking that's what they charge. For no, this? though, that's just the, that's just oh. to get the bus wrapped. Okay. And then it's probably an extra, but again, like if, if, if it's either use our old sponsors or get like $20,000 for it, like guess what's one JV is going to yeah. do? Like it's money in the pocket. Um, but the, the palace skateboard thing was, was my, so they, I remember they did a, a thing like we're selling, we're selling Rafa kits, the, this specific Rafa kit, which is very controversial because it was a ludicrous looking kit, but that's kind of like their it. thing. They, well, they get clicks and it's yeah, smart. Yeah. Uh, and then they immediately announced that they're out of stock on them. They sold out in an hour as well. I was like, yeah, but did you make 10 of them or did you make a thousand of them? Like, you don't have one. I'd be so no, mad I if know. you bought an EF kit. <laughs> I'd be so mad. But you're guessing, you're wondering. I've lived with you 10? at the time. I would yeah, but did they, whatever it was, it's one of those, yeah, like I, I know what you guys are up to and, and tip of the cap because you got away with it. The EF did a round table that, that I liked. They showed, uh, they kind of showed all the directors. Um, Matt Raven was in there. I hope they'll show more of the Kairos. I love Matt Raven. He's, he's one of the crazy like chiropractors who everything, everything he says sounds insane and then you feel better. So he'd like, but he would work with like some of the big soccer teams. Like that guy, quietly like one of the most talented dudes in the Tour de France as a chiropractor but he'd like it like oh my my ankle hurts and he'd like tap your shoulder here and stretch that and then like you just found eight watts and you're sitting upright the next day and he knows his shit uh, so I was like I don't see how that makes sense but like I feel great and and he'd get on like every time no matter what your thing is like you get off the bus and Matt Raven has fixed you and there's another character saying he's like oh you're 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 nailed you're straight and like that's that's kind of all you need to hear and all that they could possibly do at some point when you're in the middle of a stage race. 
Um, but I love that hippie medicine shit, you know, the holy homeopathic. Other teams probably, well, I don't know. It, it beats the blood bags and the needles and whatever the heck else was going on uh, a few years ago and maybe some other teams, who knows. They also have Wigalius, Charlie Wigalius, who's in the, in the team car, and he's kind of like the head director of that team. Um, not a fan. He was kind of one of those guys. He was, he's sort of like the head director, director of, of that team. Uh, I think he's more in charge of the race roster than JV in a lot of ways, and he's kind of like the man on the ground. Um, if, if he likes you, you're going to the races. It, it, this is really too close to home for me with, with that dude because, like, he was – I think I blame him for, like, my last year race. I'm just like, okay, you're doing this race tomorrow. No, you're doing that one. He was the one uh, – so I, I, did, I did Roubaix. I was called in, like, 36 hours or 40 hours before the race started to do Roubaix. So guys are training for that all year. This is going to be inside, but it will also be cathartic. Guys are training for Roubaix not only all year, their whole lives. They're doing training camps for that thing, but they're, they're learning all the courses, and they get there a week before – uh, a bunch of guys on the team got sick that year. They called in. Uh, and then at some point, if you have to start for a World Tour race, you have to start, I believe it was eight guys that year. For every, if you don't have a full team, you get fined. Uh, so it was cheaper for them to fly me out. Uh, Comfort Plus. I got Comfort Plus. I got the extra leg room. It was cheaper for them to fly me out and just kind of throw me to those wolves than to take the, the like 5,000 euro UCI fine. Um, but it was pretty embarrassing for me to be like, very public, like, ah, you're the dispensable, whatever, like, pull off the race that you've been training for for two months that you might be good at that involves climbing and come do this thing on a bike you've never touched before. And, like, obviously I'm going to crash, but everyone's going to crash. Uh, but <laughs> obviously all of that. Uh, but then, like, the meeting the night before, uh, the, the team meeting, we're talking about the tactics, and, and it was one of those, like, he, was, he made me in front of, he was like, okay, Phil, what is your goal tomorrow? And I was like, my goal is to help the team, Charlie. And he's like, no, what is your goal? And I was like... Uh, to, to, to do my best and work really hard and, and, and you know, give Dylan Van Barla bottles until 50K to go. He's like, what is your goal? He made me, he kept doing it until I said my goal is to win. I mean, I said it out loud in front of everyone. It's like, dude, I'm not going to win Roubaix. Like, don't shame me more. That's who, that's who that guy is. Uh, it was, it was, and I don't know, like, if that's how he was motivated. He was a racer, but like, a lot of guys have left that team because I'm a fan of him. It's one of those just like seeing his face, like, ah. But I'll, I'll have to get over it. That, You're going to have to put up with me yelling at stuff. That's a good segue into my overall feeling while watching this of like, I hate this sport. <laughs> this sport sucks. Like, I'm watching yeah. all these, like, I watch other team sports and there's a sense of, like, it's a friendly competition, you know, they're... <laughs> we were just watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> okay, yes. But also, I don't sense, I don't get, like, a sense of anger. Everybody hates each other on that course. Everybody's out to get... What's his yeah. face from Jumbo Chumbo team, whatever yeah. the guy with the floofy hair? Jumbo Chumbo. He was... <laughs> no, you're right. Floofy hair. He was... You know who I'm talking no, about. No, I, I do. That, this names. is perfect. Okay. This is so he, good. He used the word rivals and rivalry in like a two minute span. I don't know how many times. And it's just like, everybody's so angry. Why are so angry? Everybody hates each other. It's, it's like, very, I don't, yeah. I don't, why do you, the, do these guys even enjoy riding their bikes anymore? Or well, do I'm they gonna, just get on the bike and associate it with this freaking competitive, I got to win and all they see is red? Well, they're professional athletes. So there's that, like you want to win and you're, you're, you know, you're trained to win and there's like a certain insanity mentality to like yeah, being that competitive. Yeah, but a guy like freaking threw the guy off the course and he was yeah, no, unconscious it's, for three days. It's not nice. It's not nice. Well, the, Ew. so yeah, we'll get to Jacobs in a minute because that, that part's, that part's interesting. But I think there's a couple of thoughts. One, like we, 
we were just watching Ted Lasso uh, before this, and I, I will say, like, watching Ted... I know that's not the same. Watching Ted Lasso, it made me miss the team bus, like, just seeing how those guys hang out, because there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that going on, and there is a lot yeah. of just, like, silly dude stuff. I and, and even between teams... The yeah, if you were on team, other guys' but team... Like, but during, during the race, um, A, like, there's, you know, the first hour is insane, and then the middle, you're kind of, like effing off and you are just like chatting with your buddies you're asking how the family's going but there's a lot of downtime in these maybe not stage one of the tour is probably super intense and it's, it's weather or whatever um but like a long straight stretch along a farm road it's pretty chill but then yeah there's there's a point where if you're not moving up you're moving back that's sort of the mentality in the pack you're 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 fighting all day uh, at no point, if you touch your brakes, it, when you're going into a turn, you see like some of this point of view footage point of view, where, they're, where they're flying through a turn. And if it's, if it's a full speed turn, if you touch your brakes, that means you screwed up. If, depending on where you are in the pack, uh, if, you're, if you're really far back, there's going to be a big slingshot effect. So you leave a big gap to the guy in front of you. At the beginning, you just take a full speed, right? The guy second can go a little bit slower than the guy in front. But every guy in there knows, based on how far back he is, how much of a gap he leaves to the wheel in front so he can take that turn full speed, get a little bit more momentum, not waste a single bit of energy. Because you pedal. If you touch your brake, you just waste pedaling power. You just waste it. And that times every turn, times you know a week, three weeks, whatever, that adds up. Um, so it's kind of just you're, you're constantly sort of fighting, but there's – and there is that. So you're, you're sensing that. And that's not wrong, but there's also like – Everyone's so used to fighting that it's not even really a fight anymore. It's just like the process of this washing machine. I, I don't know. I'm kind of defending it because like also we all loved it and I loved it. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. there voluntarily. Yeah, I just... Um, you're also coming from, you know, the... I, I never really got paid shit, so that's part of it. And then there's a lot of dudes... I think everyone is sort of hoping to get to the level. Like Jacobson, he, he got paid well. So maybe, maybe probably not never seven figures, but like... High six figures, a few years of that, you know, you live in Monaco, you live in Andorra, you're doing fine. You retire, you open a bike shop. It's not NBA money, really, for any of those guys, but it's sort of enough. The Kind of the tier below that uh, is they're, they're, they're comfortable, and then below that is kind of the scrap that I never got through. So, like, you kind of – I'm a guy who, like, came out of it with, with next to nothing but, but a hustle and, and, you know, my lovely – uh, Instagram followers who follow me to YouTube, <laughs> but but a lot of guys, it's it's not it's not like you're doing it for for just the love or just the suffering or just the pain. There is actually like there it does justify the risks. Um, but I thought they were honest about about Jacobson's crash and and talking about like you know the the bones breaking. Um, I've I've had a few of those. Well, not not that many thankfully, but like I, I woke up in a helicopter once didn't know who I was. Um, it is a head fuck to like keep going after a crash in a race. Um, they, they show, um, the, yeah, Bessager, um, it, that was another one that he kept crashing in that course. And I, my understanding was there was like a bad batch of Vittoria tires. That was their tire sponsor. But like, you know, they, they work really hard to like make it, uh, aerodynamic and low rolling resistance and, and whatever the labs and they get new tires. Do they glue the tires on right before the race or do they glue them and then ride them to like wear it in a little bit? And there's all these calculations the guys are doing, and then it's like, oh, shit, it's raining. Uh, you know, should we shave the layer of... There was a, a certain type of Michelin years ago that, like, you'd actually shave a layer of the tire off, uh, or it'd be super slippery, like, it'd come with, like, a, a glaze on it. The dorkiness is... I wonder if they'll get yes. into that, because uh, it's brutal. <laughs> what you see goes on in the garage is a fraction of what goes on in the 
the team garages. Um, I, I like that they kind of gloss through the the time trial the first day. They, a lot of times, like they report on time trials and try to like build suspense. Like, oh, this guy was in. Like, that's what the Tour de France on TV does. They want you to watch it all day, and it's like this guy is leading, and this guy. No, but this this guy is leading because that guy hasn't even started yet. Like, just turn. <laughs> Like it's just they they have to build suspense. It's a TV show, you know? exactly. But it's just like it's very it's it's very transparent in 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 a time trial. And they, they just they just they just breeze through it. Uh, they they didn't put us through that. So I think hopefully that's a good sign of how they're going to handle the rest of the series. Um, but then watching the pack stage one, my my first thought. And this is the thing. Every time I watch a bike race, and this happened like four months after I stopped bike racing. I you know it was one of those like I was begging to be on one of those teams and keep doing it. And then a few months later, I'm watching a race that I'd done before on TV, and I'm like, I can't believe I ever did that. I have friends in there. Uh, I can't believe I survived that. I can't believe I want to do that. Um, and it just looks incredibly unsafe. Just everyone with their, you just, you just live there, and it's like, oh, you got your knees and your elbows and your, the, the amount of contact, and there's no space. And, and you just, and the thing is, you know that. A, like crashing is one of those things, like if you crash every day, you suck at bike riding, but if you don't crash enough, you're not riding right. You know, like if you don't crash once a year, it probably means you're, you're kind of a coward because uh, you should be taking some risks. You, you have to lay it out on the line. That's kind of, well, yes, you, you was, <laughs> I'm calling you a coward. That's the main point of this. That's the main point. Remember, I got a therapist after I retired and I, and I was talking about like, you know, an issue of I, I don't sleep well. I'm kind of. Like I, I just very light sleeper. I'm on high alert, and and she was like, "This is a condition called hypervigilance, where I'm basically always in this like fight or flight mode." She's like, "Do you ever have extended periods of feeling unsafe? You know, like abuse or?" And I was like, "Kind of <laughs> not like normal, but yeah, uh, yeah." There's a, there's an element of that. Um, and then the sprinter's like, "I'm glad I never did it." Like the. I think I got to 500 meters to go in a lead out once and it horrified. Well, cause and I just went up the outside. I was like, get the hell out of here. What those guys do. Um, it's another whole tier from the insanity that I've ever experienced. Listen, respect to the skill level and all of it, strength, power, determination. Mm -hmm. I wish I had all of those things not to compete, but just to feel fucking awesome on the bike and just rip down things and feel confident it does feel great yeah that's kind of the thing like when you're when you're dialed imagine, like the level that know. they're at like those guys and that's the thing too in the pack like everyone is so good everyone's so experienced like you can like oh man i messed up this turn like i've got to lean on this guy at 45 degrees yeah, and it's fine and he's gonna hold me up because otherwise i'm gonna fall on him and and that's just normal and you don't even apologize for that shit that's just like that's not even a tuesday it's just like a turn on a tuesday um, Okay, so you mentioned the, the poofy hair guy on, on Jumbo Chumbo. <laughs> floofy. Floofy, sorry, not poofy. Floofy. Uh, floofy Big hair. Uh, Floofy's like this. Wild Van Eric. Did, did you notice anything different about Wild Van Eric compared to his teammates? Was I supposed to? No, that's fine. That's also I was curious. You, would, you, you were supposed to because Red Bull paid a lot of money for him to wear a special oh, helmet. You know what? I, I didn't realize it was him, but at some point oh, I did notice that there was Because he didn't have the floofy hair through with, the thing. Yeah, that's probably Yeah, that's I mean, fair. Yeah. Um, so what, what happens, this is kind of an interesting for, for folks. Most most teams, the way they do it is they sell sponsors and it's head to toe. You sign to a team, they give you a salary and every logo on, you don't make any, you have nothing to do with that. You get your salary from the team and that's maybe you can have like an outside endorsement from something else. Um, but there's a handful of riders, uh, Pidcock is one, uh, who they have a separate contract and actually both of them are cyclocross racers. So that's probably kind of how they, they get it angled in where they just had the headspace sold. So he has a helmet, um, that's different from his teammates and he probably has to wear the same hat 
on on the stage. There's a whole series of, and so he gets a check outside of his team deal. Most likely through that, but uh, and he probably throws a Red Bull to his teammates if they want one. I bet he never drinks that shit. To be honest, I don't know. If they... Is everyone allowed to do that? To sell headspace? No, that'd be contractual. Like your your the the helmet sponsor has a logo on there, but there's like a little bit of room. Some teams. Uh, you can get your own shoe sponsor. Sometimes you can get your own sunglasses sponsor. So if the team doesn't have like a, we've sold this. So like EF sold that to, you know, Duck Palace, Skateboards, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't be able to have a headspace deal on that team. They'd, there'd be a contract fight over that. Uh, everyone fighting over over a dollar is the name of professional cycling. Uh, I love how they, they always do a little, bit of, a little bit of extra drama, a little bit of uh, you come out of the pack, you risk death. Like, no, nah, you just risk, like, not even DNFing. You're just going to finish five minutes down. You're not, like, death is probably more likely in the pack. But someone has to say, someone has to, like, compare it to a war. It's not a war, yeah. you know? They just it's need just to compare something. Yeah, they're just, it's, it's dramatic enough. Yeah. There's dudes riding around in, you know, underwear, essentially, in the rain. That's fine. That's that's plenty. What else? I love the car reactions. I love the, I, I, can, I can't get enough of, like, you know, the, the GoPro sitting here and the guys in the car like, yes! And when they found out the guy wanted the radio, like there's a four second delay because they can't see anything, but they're all really stoked. Uh, talking about the, the team cars, I also like kind of the, the gray area thing where, you know, they show they show Jacobson getting back on with the help of the team car. They show him drafting the team car, but there's rules. And this is like one of the hilarious beauties and Cyclone's also like just a little bit Bush League in some ways. You're allowed to get back on with the help of the car, but not too much. Yeah, so like at some point your teammates have to come back and help you, but you can get back in. But then like the same thing when you go back to get water bottles from the car, uh, it's they you you take the bottle like pretend you're the well I'll pretend I'm the team director and you're me. You're so I'm I'm handing you the bottle out the window, and then once I have it, I hand you the bottle and then I push you forward. So like I'm kind of just giving you a little bit of the sling either to give you another bottle or to like help you back into the pack. And while and while I'm doing that, I'm giving the car a little bit of gas, but I can't go 60 miles an hour and tow you across a four minute gap, which has also happened from other guys in bike races. You can't do that, but you can, yeah, put the bottle, we'll drink it. Can I have a sip? Yeah. Cheers, cheers. Um, what was that? <laughs> you never, gave it to me, I don't know. That's true. Um, so there, there's, and those where it's like, no one really knows exactly how much and the riders don't really, and it's kind of, did you get caught or not? Was it on TV? Seems dirty. What was the effect? Well, yeah, but it's also like I took a million of these of the sling bottles, but also like I didn't hold on the whole way up a climb. But you don't not yeah, there is no right answer, and it's and it's like super normal. It's just like one of the funny like we love it about cycling, and then I don't know how to explain it to my own wife. I just you know what I feel dirty watching this sport. You feel dirty. Yeah, it's only episode one. <laughs> also, you haven't showered. Maybe it's that. What? It could be that. But I'm already in my comfortable sweatpants. <laughs> I'm sorry again. Uh, so that's what we got for, for week one, uh, episode one. Uh, and they ended it, I love that they ended it with, uh, with there was a quote next week, the real tour starts here, um, with uh, the Roubaix stage is stage two. Well, the thing is, they, this is, uh, well, you've met uh, Tom Squinch, our friend Tom's, who writes for Trek. Uh, every grand tour he does, he always, like every morning he'll tweet, because it's a joke, the real tour starts, every morning he'll tweet, the real, the real tour starts today. And he does that through 20 stages. Because it's just this cliche that, like, I think only Tom's has decided to make fun of, I'm but it cracks me. Tom's. Yeah. Particularly off-season Tom's. Off-season Tom's is quality. But in-season Tom's, you just have to. He's a little more niche. Um, <laughs> but the real tour starts on stage two, and then someone for sure is saying the real tour starts. They just have to build. Sometimes it's just like, nah, nothing's really going on today. No one, no one really cares. Um, but all right, so we'll, 
We'll see you back next week. Uh, leave comments on how more you'd like this to go and, uh, and what you want to do. But this was, was this fun? This was fun. You yeah, gotta go I'll through. do it again. I'll do it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. The dogs are still, the They're dogs asleep. are knocked They're, out. We lost not, a while. Not cycling fans. Yeah, yeah. That's no, okay. it's, I'm it's in. It's complex. I'm in. Right, yeah, cool. let's do this.